When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Unbelievable broadcasting career, which we're going to talk about. But I had to pick one moment to bring him in. So I thought I got to go with something that a lot of Canadian baseball fans would have loved and still remember. And he was the voice of it. The incredible line, El Presidente, El Perfecto. He recently announced his retirement for broadcasting. Please welcome back to Inside Sports, the legend, Dave Van Horn. Dave, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? Well, thank you, Reed. I'm doing just fine. I had to go back to July 28th, 1991 to get that audio, which, of course, you can just pull off YouTube these days. Uh, I, uh, this is probably not a fair question to, to ask if uh, for a most memorable call from your career, but I'm thinking that would be on a very short list. Yeah, for sure. Uh, certainly, uh, probably the, the, the most uh, uh, remembered call, uh, one the fans bring up to me all the time more than any other and uh, of course the fact that it was a perfect game had a lot to do with that and uh, really uh, in the broadcast with the unsung hero that day was my uh, partner Ken Singleton he and I were uh, doing the game together on television uh, in Los Angeles and at about the third inning of that game turned to me and he said, David, he said, we're going to see something really special today with uh, Dennis. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, I just feel it coming because he has all of his pitches working and he's putting all of his pitches exactly where he wants them. So his command is excellent and his repertoire is full. And so Ken had said that in the third inning of the game that we would see something special that um, boy, was he right. Yeah, and I believe the opposing pitcher in that game, uh, I think it was Mike Marshall for the uh, Dodgers, was perfect through five innings. So <laughs> what what a duel that turned out to be. Jeez. Yeah, it was uh, Mike Morgan, you mean. Mike and, Morgan, uh, pardon me, Mike Morgan. Yeah, it, it was... Uh, it was it was uh, quite a, a pitcher's battle, and uh, of course Morgan pitched a tremendous game, 
and everybody forgot all about that when the game was over. Okay. Well, hey, I'm glad to have you on the show. I know we talked a few years ago, but this is a real pleasure to talk to you because for you, and I sort of referenced this earlier, uh, like you're a connection for me towards becoming a baseball fan and becoming an Expos fan, even before I liked the Blue Jays when they got really good in the in the mid-ladies and into the early 90s. I believe it was Wednesday Night Baseball on CTV, and you were partnered with Duke Schneider. And the interesting thing for me, Dave, is like, it wasn't until several years later that I realized, like, oh, Duke's one of the greatest players of all time. To me, he was your partner on the Expos broadcast. <laughs> yeah, we were together for a long time. He was a huge star uh, with the Brooklyn and then the Los Angeles Dodgers and, of course, a Hall of Famer. And, uh, Duke was a wonderful partner. He worked really hard. He broke into broadcasting in San Diego. He was one of the first three broadcasters on radio in San Diego in 1969. The Padres came into the league at the same time the Montreal Expos entered the league. Duke was uh, broadcasting uh, uh, the radio games uh, for San Diego, and he did that for different years. Uh, That's when he came to, uh, uh, to Montreal. Originally, John McHale hired him as one of the pitching coaches, and uh, and then uh, he wound up in the booth on Wednesday nights on, on CBC television. And uh, the, the interesting thing about that is uh, Gene Mock, who, who loved Duke's work as a hitting instructor, didn't like the fact that he was missing him for one game a week uh, when Duke was doing television on Wednesdays. So John McHale called Duke in to the office, and he said, uh, Duke, you've got to make a decision. Do you want to stay in uniform and and, uh, continue to coach, or do you want to move permanently to the broadcast booth? Because John was ready to uh, give him a a full-time job broadcasting both radio and TV for the Expos, and Duke said, "Uh, I'll join Dave in the broadcast booth. So that was his decision. And uh, he worked really hard at becoming a, a terrific broadcaster, not just an analyst and a storyteller, but he worked hard at becoming a, a really good play-by-play broadcaster. Dave Van Horn joining us tonight on Inside Sports. So I, where did it start for you? Like, were you, a, a, like, as, as, as a little kid, and I think you grew up in Pennsylvania, uh, like, were you like, I got to do sports, I got to do baseball? Uh, you know, where did it sort of start for you? Well, it, it had never entered my mind then. I mean, I was a baseball fan like all kids uh, back in the day. Uh, I, I was a young kid in the 40s and 50s, and uh, I collected baseball cards, and uh, I couldn't wait for the Sunday paper to arrive because the Sunday newspaper was where you got all the stats of every player in, all, in both leagues, the American League and the National League. And so I followed baseball as a youngster, and I played some baseball as a youngster. Uh, But I had never even given uh, a broadcast career a thought until I was a little bit older. And uh, and I was was into my early 20s when I got my first radio job, and and I I was hoping somewhere along the line, uh, instead of just being a disc jockey, that I could... uh, move into sports and sure enough the station that i was working for in 
Roanoke, Virginia, uh, was uh, setting up a series of high school baseball and basketball broadcasts, and they asked me if uh, if I could do that. I said, sure, I can do that. Of course, I had never done play-by-play in my life at that point, but I was welcoming the opportunity. So uh, I learned on the spot and on the job uh, in uh, football and basketball and and covering other sports as well, but play-by-play in football and basketball. Then I got a chance to do baseball when the great Frank Messer moved from Richmond to Baltimore to become a big league broadcaster. He was broadcasting uh, the Richmond games in the International League, and I was hired in Richmond to replace him there, and that's how I got my start in baseball in 1966, uh, broadcasting the Richmond Braves games. Amazing. Okay, so you've been going strong since then. Uh, you're now in your early 80s, but uh, I mean, your energy is as high as it ever been has ever been. I can tell from talking to you. Uh, why now? Why step away now? Well, it's been uh, 56 years all told. Every summer uh, doing baseball, three years in the minor leagues, and then uh, uh, 53 years. Uh, doing games uh, at the major league level, uh, 32 in Montreal and 21 uh, in in Miami. But at age 82, I've been blessed with good health, but I was ready to continue if the ball club was ready to keep me on. And we started talking uh, right toward the end of the uh, 21 season, And I could tell by the way the talks were going that it didn't look like they were going to offer me uh, a very big package. And they didn't. Uh, They offered me a package of uh, one dozen, 12 baseball games, one per homestand for the season, and a couple of other things that they wanted me to do that I wasn't interested in doing. And so we went back and forth on that, and I said, look, I'm a baseball broadcaster. That's what I do. I don't do these other things, and I I don't do interview shows. I can do interviews. I've done interviews all my life in in, in baseball and other sports as well. But I wasn't going to want to do it as a full time basis. I was a play by I am a play by play broadcaster, and uh, I said if you if you come back with something else and a substantial number of games, I'll I'll entertain that idea. Well, they didn't come back to me. So I called them and told them uh, that uh, I was, in effect, uh, retiring. I could not accept their offer, didn't accept their offer, and uh, stepped aside, uh, making my own decision. At least I got to make the call myself. Well, good for you. And I'll tell you this, you're welcome on this show anytime. So we'll leave that invitation open. (laughs) Dave Dave Van Horn joining us tonight on Inside Sports. I'll I'll ask you one more here before I let you go. Um, You know, you've been doing play-by-play a long time. Are there any uh, men or women doing the job now, doesn't have to be in baseball, that you think, yeah, this person's got it. They're they're really good. I'll, I I may not be interested in the game, but I want to hear or listen to this person's call, even if I'm watching on TV. Yeah, I, I think there. I think there. I haven't heard that many. Uh, there have been uh, uh, quite a few broadcasters over the years that have sent me uh, their resumes and uh, and and some uh, tapes. 
and I've, I've listened to them because they asked me to do critiques for them, and I did. And, and some of them have wound up uh, in, in, in the uh, big leagues as, uh, uh, as uh, broadcasters pre- and post-game, and they, they've gotten a foot in the door. But uh, there are some young uh, broadcasters out there right now. As a matter of fact, I just recommended one for a job. Uh, a friend of mine is uh, the longtime uh, uh, voice of the Atlanta uh, telecasts, and that's Chip Carey, the grandson of the great Hall of Famer Harry Carey and the son of uh, the great Skip Carey. And uh, Chip's son, Chris, is, uh, was doing uh, breaking in on minor league baseball, and I recommended him for... Uh, the uh, Pensacola job, which is a double-A job. And he's a very good young broadcaster, and, you know, he's, he's going to go somewhere in the business. He's got the good genes, so now it's just a matter of getting the work done. But there, there are several out there. The one thing that's tough for the young broadcasters, Reed, is finding openings at the major league level. There's just not that much in the way of turnover. Well, yeah, that's that's a great point, and not a lot of teams for sure. But uh, wow, Dave, I, I I mean it. I hope we can do this again. Uh, I mean, uh, just congratulations on an awesome career. And and again, for me, you're a you are a connection to one of the things that got me into sports and liking baseball and and liking the Expos when I was a kid. So I thank you for that, and I thank you that you made time for me tonight. Well, I appreciate hearing that, and. Uh... Right on. That is Dave Van Horn checking in tonight, former voice of the Montreal Expos and the uh, Marlins in Miami, Florida. Wow, that was so cool to have him on the show. We wish him all the best in retirement. I guess you could say that that interview was El Perfecto. We had that commercial for Bel Air. Now, the way I understand that, it's the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but as a drama. So just going to say that again. If you remember the show, The Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and if you ever watched it, how could you not? So it's that premise, but it's going to be a drama. So they got a uh, young actor to play the uh, Will Smith character based on his journey from Philly to Los Angeles. So again, it's not going to be funny. It's going to be a drama. Maybe this is now how they're going to reboot shows or remake shows. They'll just say, oh, what if we just did the opposite? Like, let's take St. Elsewhere and just make it a wacky comedy. Maybe they could bring Seinfeld back as like a horror series, like American Horror. Uh, there, there's one. American Horror Story, Seinfeld. <laughs> that would be great. Imagine how, imagine what a how out of control George would be in that situation. But the guy's chasing me. The guy's chasing me up the stairs. What was I supposed to do? He's got a knife. That's kind of Jerry and George a mix. I don't. I haven't seen the show for a while. It's a pretty poor impression. But you get it. They're, they're all neurotic. Instead of being neurotic about their sex lives and their relationships and and their their jobs, they're neurotic because they're they're in a horror movie. American Horror Story. Seinfeld. There's my latest idea. I'm going to jot that down. I'll have to work on that. 
All right. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Uh, if you missed it earlier, Michael Riley has retired, broke into the CFL with BC in 2010, played in Edmonton from 13 to 18, won the Grey Cup in 2015. Great player. We wish him all the best. James Wilder Jr. re-signing with the Edmonton Elks, uh, Elks as well. Uh, they're running back this past season. The Oilers traveled to Vancouver. Looks good for Ryan Nugent Hopkins to return to action tomorrow in Vancouver. We got it for you on 6.30, Chad. Face-off show at 6. Game will start at 8, but we'll know for sure after the morning skate tomorrow. We also talked quite a bit about NFL overtime rules. Uh, Warren Moon was on the show. Speaking of great quarterbacks who played in Edmonton, and uh, I asked him about the overtime rules, uh, you know, the shootout versus what the NFL does. And here's what he said. Well, I don't like the shootouts because they don't give because they're not long enough. I mean, as far as the yardage, like in college, they started the 25 yard line. You're going to score from the 25 yard line, whether it's a field goal or something. Start at the 50 and then, you know, make it more more competitive to where the defense can at least get a stop on you. And then you have a chance to go back from your 50 and try and score. But the 25 yard line is pretty much most of the time you're going to score from there i think they did change it a little bit this year where you have to start going for two after that first score or maybe it's after the second score i'm not sure yep. but i like i like the way the nfl does it as long as you if, if you give up a touchdown on the first drive in overtime you should lose the football game so if you just give up a field goal at least you get a chance to come back down and, and score a field goal and tie the game or you can score a touchdown and win the game but uh, if you give up an easy touchdown on that first drive, and it's usually a drive from the 25-yard line, so a 75-yard drive, you, you deserve to lose the game. See, I guess I'm just too soft. I'm just like, give yeah, everybody a soft. chance. Give Getting them. soft in your old age. <laughs> I am. I'm just like, let everybody have the ball. <laughs> let everybody get touchdowns. It's fun. Well, they do both get the ball, but uh, if you give up a touchdown, then you don't deserve the ball. That is Ward Moon. He's fine with NFL overtime the way that it is. Okay, Stoff has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I'll join you for the face-off show at 6. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of Inside Sports. Chris Gardner, your studio producer this evening. My name's Reed. Take care. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.